the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City Worship Podcast. Out of a desire to love our neighbors well, to protect the most vulnerable, and to lift the burden that is on the workers of our healthcare community uh, due to COVID-19, we have continued to suspend in-person worship services, and instead we worship via podcast. We worship not out of, a, out of a compulsion or out of an obligation, but we bring ourselves to a God who loves us and cares about us. We do this in the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And as we go through our worship this morning, we remember that it doesn't stop when the worship service ends that as we live our day-to-day lives, whatever that looks like right now, that we continue to worship God through our day-to-day lives by giving glory to God in everything that we do. We gather for worship weekly though, to recognize that Jesus is Lord, to recognize all of the good things that God has done for us, to offer music and prayers and to proclaim God's word, not as as sacrifices to an unhearing, uncaring God, but to recognize the work and movement of a God who loves us and cares about us and is living and active in our world. A few notes for you this morning. If you are listening to this before 11.30 a.m. on the 7th of March, 2021, Pacific time, that's 11.30 a.m., Pacific time, 7th of March, 2021, we will be gathering for the Lord's table during our Zoom coffee hour, and you can email baptist.church at comcast.net, and we will be glad to send you the link to that Zoom. Uh, Once again, that is baptist.church at comcast.net, and we will send you the link to our Zoom coffee hour so you can celebrate the Lord's table with us. If you uh, would like to take part in our community Linton Zoom, uh, this week, First Baptist of Oregon City will be the host of our community Linton Zoom, but we're gathering with other churches from around the block uh, near First Baptist and their membership as well. So it's it's a good time to remember that we are brothers and sisters in Christ within just First Baptist, but we're also brothers and sisters in Christ with other people who call on the name of Jesus Christ as Lord uh, in our neighborhood and in other churches around our area. That is at noon this coming Wednesday, and we send out an email uh, Wednesday morning that gives you the the link that you can click on. Uh, But again, if you would like to receive that email Uh, In another way, you can email baptist.church at comcast.net, and we'll be glad to send you the link to that Zoom as well. Something new that we started doing this past week is we we are going to try posting uh, videos of the sermon on YouTube. Uh, We we did it last week. We posted it on our our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash onebaptistchurch. And you don't have to have a Facebook account uh, to uh, to watch the the video or to to find the link, but you can also go to youtube.com and search First Baptist Church of Oregon City, 
And we'll also put a link in the description uh, or, or notes, whatever you want to call it, uh, of this podcast. Uh, so you can just tap on that on your phone or, or your computer, however you're listening to this. And if you want to see the sermon rather than just hear it, it will be available on YouTube. Um, uh, should be available by the end of the day on Sunday. We offer our tithes and offerings, not again, not out of obligation, but because we see what God is doing, we see the mission of God going forth from our church. We see our church continuing to love and serve our neighbors, continue to make space and, and provide help for the Hope Food Pantry in our building, for making sure that we're able to continue worshiping via podcast. And when we see what God is doing, and when we recognize that all good gifts come from God, we offer a portion back to that in gratitude. And this is worship. This is worship. And this is stewardship because we realize that it costs money for, for ministry to happen in our world today. And so if you want to give to our church, if, if God has blessed you through the work of our church, there are two ways you can give. You can mail in a check to First Baptist Church of Oregon City, P.O. Box 1686, Oregon City, Oregon, 97045. Or you can go to our church website at onebaptistchurch.org, where you will find a giving button. And that will take you to an online portal uh, where you can give using your credit or debit card or do something called an electronic check. Uh, that's also an option. You can do it either way. Um, and we are, are grateful for the love and support through your tithes and offerings. As we worship today, let's worship together in this third week of Lent, knowing that we are preparing our hearts for the crucifixion and the resurrection of our Lord by drawing close to Jesus now and in the weeks to come. Hear the word of the Lord. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. 
They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. So 
Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Father, we come before you with gratitude for the love you have for all of us. You love us no matter what we have done. You show us your grace in every aspect of our lives. In your word, you have spoken of your love for your people. In 1 John 4.16, it says, And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. If we are Christians, this is a promise that we can hold on to. We want to... We want to acknowledge today all the prayer that you have answered. It may not have been exactly as we had envisioned it would be answered, but we can rest assured that God's way is perfect and will be far superior to any solution we would have come up with on our own. For those who are ill or have treatments for cancer, I place them in your care, Father. We know you are the great physician and you are still performing miracles. It is with a humble heart that I ask you to heal them. Be with the healthcare professionals as they treat these precious people of yours, Father, with the latest and best methods of treatment. Be with family members who are the support persons as their loved ones go through treatment. Give both the patient and their family strength and courage as they go through these difficult times. I pray for one of our church members who lost a loved one who was like a mother to him. Be with him during this grieving period, bringing a sense of peace into his life. Even though it is difficult to lose someone that you love, this is not the end. She is being welcomed into heaven with rejoicing, for another one of his children has come home. Because of her faith in Jesus, he will be able to someday see her again. I lift up all the prayer requests that others have. You know each need and have already put a plan in place. Help those who need wisdom to seek it, who need employment to find it. Those who need a friend, you will send them one, and those who are plagued by feelings of guilt will seek your forgiveness. Many of us have friends, family members, or acquaintances who have prayer needs. Again, Father, you know the circumstances surrounding their need. Ease their suffering and give them a sense of your compassion for them. Be with our young church as they continue to meet together as a group through electronic means. Answer their prayer needs, Lord, whatever they may be. Be with the leaders who minister to these young people. Fill each with the Holy Spirit as they share the gospel with them. Be with our pastor as he speaks to us today on how we see and love those around us as Jesus does. Anoint him with the Holy Spirit as he brings us this message. Let us not only hear the message, but put action to his words. May our podcast be a blessing to all who hear it. As we continue to focus on the meaning of Lent, may this be our prayer for this week. Dear Lord, it is only you who can read and understand the language of our hearts. Only you who can translate our sorry into the prayer we would have prayed. If we had the words within us, then you forgive. And having forgiven, surround us 
in an embrace of love, drawing us close to your heart as it was always meant to be. Thank you, loving Father, that you listen to hearts as well as voices. Thank you. In your precious name, amen. This is Jeannie Vance reading Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 26 from the New Living Translation. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then, spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him away, saying, Don't go back into the village on your way home. This is the word of the Lord. Ever since I was in second grade, I have worn glasses. And that was when I was, I don't know, something like six years old, and I'm 36 now. So glasses have been part of my life for about 30 years. And uh, as, as I get older every year, when I go to the eye doctor, the prescription gets just a little bit stronger and stronger and stronger as time goes on. And I, I imagine it someday that I will be wearing very thick glasses. But never in my entire life has an eye doctor ever spat into my face. <laughs> I mean, maybe accidentally as as he was talking to me or, uh, you know, in the course of the, the exam just by accident, but never has an eye doctor looked at me and just spat in my eyes. Jesus has a few quirky ways of, of doing healings as we see in the gospels. Uh, there's one instance where Jesus spits on the ground and makes a little mud and rubs it into somebody's eyes. There's another instance where Jesus puts his fingers into somebody's ears. But nonetheless, the healings happen and life goes on. This one that we see today though is just a little bit different. It is unique in the gospels. It is unique amongst the healings of Jesus because it's the first and the only one where Jesus asks if it worked. In all of the other ones, he performs the miracle, and it, and it happens. Last week, we looked at the story of the man who was lowered through the roof uh, by his four friends, and Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, and then later he says, get up, take up your mat, and walk, and the guy just gets up and walks. All right. There's another story in scripture where, uh, where Jesus even says from far away, uh, that he has healed the servant uh, of, of a Roman uh, military commander. And this, the servant is healed. T 
Today, however, Jesus asks, basically, did it work? Whenever we come across something like this in scripture, we need to pause and pay attention. Jesus absolutely had the power to heal and command any disease or illness or demon or malady that was brought to his attention, that was set before him. And this is why we have to pay attention when we see something like this, is because when there's something out of the ordinary that happens, it needs to be cause for thinking. Why was it that Jesus stopped to ask, did it work? And when he asks, did it work? It didn't. He, he could see, <clears throat> he could see people, he could see um, the figures of people walking around, but they looked like trees that were walking around. It is, it's interesting then that Jesus touched him and he could see. The first time Jesus spits into his face, it says very clearly, then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything? He spits on him and touches his eyes. And then he lays his hands on him. It's a two-stage healing. And we need to pay attention. The first stage involved a little bit of spit and a little bit of contact. But in the second one, in the second stage of it, it says that Jesus laid his hands on him. Sometimes in our lives, we can get just a little bit of Jesus. And sometimes we have a full experience with Jesus. Now, a little bit of Jesus is better than anything the world has to offer. A little bit of the Jesus who loves us and cares about us is better than anything conditional, anything situational that we might find somewhere else. But yet, as we become followers of Jesus and as we, as we consider what it means to live out the ways of Jesus, as we consider what it means to truly be people of Jesus, we can take a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of something else, and we can put them together and make something that's a little Jesus, but also something else. And it doesn't really look like what it means to follow Jesus. But on the other hand, if we allow Jesus to take hold of us, to put his hands on us and touch us and to, to get deeply rooted into our lives, to work through the fullness of his healing and of his teaching and of his, his love, then it changes us. It changes us and starts shaping us into being people 
who are like Jesus. What happens when we just get a little bit of Jesus? Well, what happened to the man in the story? The man in the story gets a little bit of Jesus and he can see people, but he can't see them clearly. And I think sometimes as followers of Jesus, we can fall into this trap where we get enough Jesus that we can recognize that, yes, we should, we should love people. Yes, we should care about people. But it doesn't give us a clear enough view to really change the way that we live. We need all of Jesus to change us. If we have a full experience with Jesus, it helps us to see people clearly. We see people as beloved. We see people with the image of God, bearing the image of God. And once we see people in this way, this leads us to compassion for the brokenness that they inhabit. Now let's break this down a little bit. To see Jesus clearly, we have to give our whole selves to Jesus. We're in the season of Lent. And one of the things that we look at in Lent, one of the themes of Lent, if you will, is repentance and turning back to God. Anything that sets itself up in the place of God is an idol, and we need to turn from that. But any time where we try to bring Jesus together with, with one of our idols and, and kind of morph them together so that it's something that we can be comfortable with, that's not going to work. Whenever we try to link Jesus up with something that's not Jesus, it just doesn't come through as the fullness of Christ. We need the full lordship of Christ in our lives if we want to be followers of Jesus. We can't kind of mingle Jesus a little bit in with our politics or whatever politics we're comfortable and expect that everything's going to come out all right. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord, and that should inform our politics. That should inform our economics. That should inform the way that we love and care about people. That should inform the way we see people. If we can't see people the way that Jesus does, then our, our eyes are still cloudy. Our vision is still that where, where we see people walking around, but it looks like trees walking around. And don't get me wrong, I love trees. I mean, I, I don't go out and hug them because I don't want to get sap on me, but I do love and appreciate trees. I like the fact that the skyline of Oregon City is Douglas firs. It's beautiful. But yet, I want to see people as people. I don't want to see people as trees. I want to see people the way that Jesus sees people. Whenever Jesus looks at people in scripture, he sees them with compassion. He sees them with love. 
because he sees into people's brokenness. Now, to be sure, there are people that Jesus sees with compassion and love, but deals with harshly. And those are the people who have put their, their ideology ahead of the worship of God. Jesus deals with the religious leaders of his day harshly because they had tried to put purity ahead of people. Dealing with people is messy. Dealing with people, I mean, when, when you're dealing with people the way Jesus did, it involves spit sometimes. It involves mud. It involves getting into their lives. Jesus sat and ate with all sorts of people, and he was criticized for it. He was criticized for spending time with these people, but he saw them and he saw the brokenness that they inhabited. Because we're all broken. We're all made in the image of God, but we're all broken. And sometimes that brokenness is self-inflicted. Sometimes there's brokenness that we inflict on ourselves. Sometimes there's brokenness that is the result of the brokenness of others breaking us. You know, I, I think of, of people who are children of abusers. I think of people who have been through the horrors of war, but have never been offered adequate mental health care to help them through their PTSD. And out of that comes a lot of brokenness, comes a lot of situations where they're not living whole, complete lives the way that God meant for them to live. And then there's brokenness that comes because we live in a broken society. We live in a, a broken world. And the systems that we have created are broken. And there are people that these systems have been created to push to the margins, to the outsides of our society, and to keep them there. And there's all sorts of brokenness around. The compassion of Jesus, when we see clearly through the lens of Jesus, when we've not just had the spitting fingers, but when we've had the hands of Jesus placed on us and we can see clearly through Jesus, then we will see people as Jesus saw them. And we will see the brokenness that they live in. And it will lead us to compassion. Because this is what Jesus did. I want to tell you a story. It's the story of a man named Ray. And his, his real name is not Ray. Um, I, I changed it at the request of the person who shared this story with me. And it happened somewhere in the Midwest. It doesn't matter where. The, the person who shared this with me has a, a job as being a kind of a coordinator of uh, services that are available to people experiencing homelessness. And 
a lot of the the downtown businesses in this midwestern town um, had a Facebook group for downtown businesses, and they invited this person into um, into the Facebook group, and there were post after post after post complaining about a fellow named Ray. And and the complaints, the complaints had to do about Ray um, hanging around their businesses and and panhandling outside of their businesses, and and generally you know just kind of causing a scene. Well, this person started started asking around the the the, the homeless liaison started asking around about Ray. And why, what was, what was causing him to live this way? So he finally found out that there were two women in the area who had taken Ray in as family. He hadn't always been homeless, but had been for a number of years. And there were lots of broken things in his life. And these two women had taken Ray in and they started getting him connected to the help that they needed, that Ray needed. And as Ray got the help that he needed, he was able to start getting back on his feet. He was able to learn how to make a budget. He was able to uh, start to earn an income he was able to get into housing and, and was able to live on his own. And, and Ray had a goal. Ray wanted a dog. And he wanted to be able to afford a dog and care for a dog. And, and he was really budgeting so that he could get a dog. And due to the, the sort of societal brokenness, his aid was cut. And he couldn't get a dog. And that sent him back spiraling into the trauma that had originally put him on the streets. That brokenness came rushing back into Ray, despite the love that had been shown to him. And so then he was back to loitering around businesses, causing a ruckus, getting the police called on him, harassing strangers. And so finally, this person who is a friend of mine and is a follower of Jesus set up a call, a Zoom call, with the two women who loved and cared for Ray and with owners of downtown businesses. And they started off by the owners of the downtown businesses sharing their complaints about Ray, you know, all of the things. And, and they started kind of conspiring, you know, how can, we get, how can we get Ray arrested? How can we get Ray out of here? How can he be not our problem? And then my friend offered... Uh, offered to let the women speak. And they told Ray's story. And they, they told the story of, of all that had happened to him and all of the pain that had been in Ray's life. And as, he, as these women spoke, these business owners wept. Tears streamed down their cheeks 
And suddenly these people who had moments before seen Ray as a nuisance, their eyes were opened. They could see Ray clearly. And suddenly they wanted to find out how to help Ray. Somebody offered to buy Ray a dog. They wanted, somebody needed some help occasionally at their business. And so they wanted to give Ray the opportunity to have a job. This is what happens when we inhabit the brokenness of people, having seen them clearly through the eyes of Jesus. And we don't do this so that we can pat ourselves on the back. We're not the savior. Jesus is the savior. But when we see people and when we see the, the, the hurting and broken people in our world with the eyes of Jesus and not the judgmental eyes of the world, we're able to see them in their grief, see them in their brokenness, see them in their hurt and act the way that Jesus would act. Sometimes that's going to involve us realizing that our actions contribute to their brokenness, whether directly or indirectly. And when we realize that, we need to repent of it. Because once we repent of things that are, are causing brokenness in our lives and turn to Jesus for forgiveness and let Jesus get his hands on us, we can see people clearly as we walk in the ways of Jesus in our world. We need to see people not in a blurry way by letting something else mix in with Jesus. But we need to see Jesus fully and clearly to let Jesus get his hands on us. Because when that happens, and when we can see people clearly, our lives are transformed. The lives are, of other people are transformed. And our world is less broken and looks more like the kingdom of God that is breaking into our world through Jesus Christ and his people, the church.
Adele Alberg Calhoun, in her book, The Spiritual Disciplines Handbook, writes, Breathing is an unconscious thing, and breath prayer reminds us that just as we can't live on one breath of air, we can't live on one breath of God. God is the oxygen of our soul, and we need to breathe him in all day long. And she's right. You can't live on just one breath per day. According to the American Lung Association, the average person on an average day takes about 22,000 breaths. Each of those breaths, provided you're not asleep, is an opportunity for prayer. We are in the third week of the season of Lent, and we're also in the third week of talking about breathing prayer. Breathing prayer is just as it sounds. No more, no less. It is a prayer that goes with each breath. As we breathe in, we acknowledge God through one of the names of God or through calling on Jesus Christ, our Lord. And as we breathe out, we express what we need in prayer. We express the the prayer of our souls. And we can learn to do this throughout the day. We can find a few minutes here and there to sit and pray through breathing, or if there's a time that you find yourself anxious or worried, you can practice breathing prayer as a way to to welcome God into every anxious breath and replace the anxious breaths with his peace. Because we are promised through, through our Lord Jesus Christ the peace that passes all understanding. Breathing prayer is something that might be new to you, but it has been around for a very long time. It has been part of the practice of followers of Jesus for millennia, for thousands of years. And in our, our days when, when we, we feel like there might be two different uh, speeds, even in this time when we're we're still being cautious about the COVID-19 pandemic. It still seems like there are two speeds to life. Very slow and everything happening at once. Maybe it seems like everything is happening at once because we're not taking the opportunity to recognize and welcome God into our lives through breathing prayer. What if the reason that we're stressed out sometimes is because we only think of prayer as something that happens one or two times a day or with meals? And what if we think of our faith as something that is mental or or just, quote, spiritual and forget that God created us with bodies and Jesus wants to be Lord of our bodies as well? In the season of Lent, I invite you to practice breathing prayer, even if you've never practiced it before, and even if it might seem a little unusual to you. Give it a chance 
and see what it would be like to welcome God into your very bones. You'll hear Katie's voice say, inhale or exhale, followed by my voice giving you a prayer to pray. And we'll repeat this through a few times. And then afterwards, carry it through your week. See what God can do when you welcome him into every breath you take. Inhale. Jesus Christ, Son of God. Exhale. Open our eyes to see. Inhale. Jesus Christ, Son of God. Exhale. Open our eyes to see. Inhale. Jesus Christ, Son of God. Exhale. Open our eyes to see. Inhale. Jesus Christ, Son of God. Exhale. Open our eyes to see. Hear the word of the Lord. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. The King will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Who are poor and realize their need for him. The kingdom of heaven is there. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We come now to the time of the Lord's table. And if you are listening to this before 1130 AM Pacific time on the 7th of March, 2021, 
and you would like to join us on Zoom for, uh, for the Lord's Table, please email baptist.church at comcast.net, and we will be happy to uh, provide you with the link to our, our Zoom Lord's Table service. We come to the Lord's Table because it is the table set for us by Jesus. The table of bread is now to be made ready. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. It is the table of sharing with the poor of the world in which Jesus identified himself. It is the table of communion with the earth in which Christ became incarnate. So come to this table, you who have much faith and you who would like to have more, you who have been here often and you who have not been for a long time, you who have tried to follow Jesus and you who have failed, come, it is Christ who invites us to meet him here. In this, we proclaim to you a mystery that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ is coming again. Let's pray. Loving God, through your goodness, we have this bread and cup to offer, which has come forth from the earth and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing so that we may know your touch and presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us now. Made one in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves, a single living act of praise. Amen. Scripture tells us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. And looking back at what Christ did for us on the cross, take and eat. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And looking back at what Christ did for us on the cross and looking forward when we will drink this cup with him anew in his kingdom on a renewed earth, take and drink. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. Amen. We thank you for joining us for worship this morning. It's our prayer that as we have sung, as we have prayed, as we have heard God's word, read and proclaimed, and as we have come to the Lord's table together, that you had a sense of the presence of Christ wherever you are, wherever you are listening to this, whenever you are listening to this. We want you to know that Jesus loves you, that Jesus cares about you, and that we as the people of Jesus Christ are here to love and care about you as well. 
If there's any way that we can love and serve you, don't hesitate to get in touch with us. Our church website is onebaptistchurch.org. Again, that's the number onebaptistchurch.org. And our phone number is there and our email address is there. Uh, and there's even a, a form that you can use and, and it sends us an email really easily. And if there's any way that we can serve you, please let us know. I'd like to thank our uh, Director of Worship and Youth, Melissa Mellinger, for leading us in music. I'd like to thank Jeannie Vance for our prelude this morning. I'd like to thank Jim Leatherman, our church moderator, for leading us in prayer. And I'd like to thank Katie Witham for leading the First Baptist Church readers this morning. And remember, love God, love your neighbor, wear your mask, and wash your hands. <laughs>